over a dozen orthopedic surgeries throughout his football career. And he said, when you get to the NFL, everybody is that guy that you didn't want to get hit by. This doctor told him, your painful hip, your right hip, is so bad in this x-ray. And then he said, there was a running joke the night before training camp opened. We would say, enjoy tonight. This is as good as you're going to feel until the season ends. Today, I am sharing the story of BK, a former NFL player and a former client of mine from many years ago. In today's story, we're going to hear about what it takes to become an NFL player and what it's like to be an NFL player and what it's like to be an NFL player after you're done playing in the big leagues. You're gonna hear about injuries, you're gonna hear about the approach to dealing with injuries during the season and in the off season. You're gonna hear about what happens with all those injuries when you retire from football and what it's like to try to manage your body thereafter. There are some really fascinating points that BK makes. There's some fascinating insights that you can get from hearing an elite level athlete talk about the injuries he's had from traumatic collisions and also the injuries he started to get after playing when he's just at home resting, not getting beat upon by 300 pound animals. I have his story in written form here. We did an email interview years ago and I just never got around to making a video about it. But I think it's really important, especially since the Super Bowl just passed, for people to hear the perspective of somebody who was in the NFL and who himself has dealt with massive amounts of pain all over his body. I want you to hear his perspectives because they'll help you with hip pain, back pain, shoulder pain, and they'll help you understand some of the issues that come up with painkillers and orthopedic surgeries. So if you're ready, let's get ready to think right, move right, and feel right. This football player, um, we're not giving his real name. I'm just gonna call him BK, and that's gonna be it. Those are not even his real initials, but I think BK, for whatever reason back then, made a lot of sense. So I worked with a lot of people over the years. I worked with professional baseball players. I worked with an, a couple NFL players, some semi-pro people. When I was in San Diego, I worked with Navy SEALs, and I will tell you that the one thing that is clear from elite level athletes is that they are able to deal with pain. They just turn off their, their receptors. They just don't pay attention to their pain. And it is amazing what they can do when they are just in that mode of like, I'm gonna do this. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care where it hurts. I'm just doing it. So BK's story, um, this whole thing that I'm reading is from a typed up interview I did with him. So I actually, sent him questions and he just wrote down his answers for me and then we put it up on the blog post. If you wanna read it, I will link to it in the description box. You can check it out after this video is done. So first of all, let's talk about what, uh, what it was like to get to the NFL. So um, I asked him, how did you end up in the NFL and what should people know about life in the NFL? And so he said, I've been active in sports my whole life. As a child, I played soccer, basketball, baseball, and flag football. When I got to high school, I started playing tackle football and was able to earn an athletic scholarship to continue playing football in the Pac-12 conference. After my collegiate career, I was drafted into the National Football League. So, 
obviously in athletes. Um, he says there are some pretty significant differences between the NFL and lower levels of football. First, football is much faster and more physical in the NFL. There are some huge, strong human beings that move fast on the football field. And second, the NFL season can be about twice as long as the collegiate football season. And uh, this actually, oh, here we go. Reminds me of a story I want to share. And then he said, there was a running joke the night before training camp opened. We would say, enjoy tonight. This is as good as you're going to feel until the season ends. Woohoo! Sounds great, right? So this actually uh, reminds me of a conversation I had either with BK or with another football player, but I think it was with BK, and he told me, um, you know, when you're playing high school football, you're getting hit pretty hard and there's on every team there's one guy who can hit harder than anybody else and you don't want to get hit by that guy and then when you get to college level there's one guy on every team that can hit harder than anybody else and you don't want to get hit by that guy and he said when you get to the NFL everybody is that guy that you didn't want to get hit by the whole league is those guys. And I remember hearing that in that conversation and just thinking, okay, that's pretty dramatic and it sounds terrible. And there's a reason why you don't see uh, small guys like me in the NFL. So uh, next question I asked him was, how frequently did you encounter injuries in the NFL and how were player injuries dealt with? In the NFL, almost every player suffers an injury, usually multiple injuries during the season. The players and medical staff do the best they can to rehab the injuries, but usually players have to rely on anti-inflammatory and pain medications to get through the season. We would try to rehab injuries during the season, but it was an uphill battle since we often would re-injure whatever was hurting when we played the game. Injuries and soreness would accumulate during the season. There wasn't time built into the schedule to prevent or address injuries. Instead, players would come into practice early and stay late to address injury concerns. If the injury lingered into the offseason, then surgery was performed to address the injury and to try to get the player ready for the following season. After a few years, the pattern was really obvious to me. Players suffer injuries, limp through the season with the assistance of medication, and then a tune-up in the operating room during the off-season in order to be ready for training camp the following year. So this is a pretty clear um, illustration of that whole elite athlete mentality and ability, right? This ability to just say, I'm going to play through the pain. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how much it hurts. I'm just going to get through this. I'll take some pain pills, numb it, and boom, let's go, let's do this. Of course, a very large salary rise on this. Of course, your livelihood rise on this. Um, but it takes a very particular uh, mental fortitude to be able to say, I'm going to destroy myself physically to make this happen. And I know I don't have that. And I know, well, I might have it under the right circumstances, but uh, playing a sport, I don't have it. I just don't have it. Maybe if it... If it were my son's life at risk, maybe I would have it, but I, I don't know. Next, I asked BK, well, what did medical professionals advise you to do to solve your problems? And he said, like I said, basically, we managed the injuries until the off seasons. We got anti-inflammatories, pain meds, and then we would just play through the injuries and surgery in the off season if things were still lingering. And so I asked, what were the results of implementing these medicinal surgical solutions? And BK said, no, I'm not sure if I would call this cycle a solution. 
It was just a pattern of behavior we saw and bought into, and unfortunately, it became the norm. Some of the problems could be anticipated. I understood that I would likely have aches and pains later in life, but I'm not sure I understood the severity of these symptoms while I was playing. Can you imagine getting hit by a truck of a human being over and over and over again? Don't you think your body would fall apart? I, I mean, if, like, if you hit me once, once, I, I'd probably be permanently injured for the rest of my life. Like one 300-pound uh, football player hitting me would, if I survive it, I'm gonna suffer some issues, right? Other symptoms were completely unanticipated. I have several teammates that are suffering kidney problems because medications were so heavily prescribed by the teams. We didn't know the risks of the long-term use of these medications. That's pretty darn important to understand because there are problems with painkillers and taking them a lot. Certain painkillers like acetaminophen, if you take a lot of just one time can cause some pretty bad damage to your body. So taking all these medications long-term to numb the pain and play through the pain can be pretty bad. So then I asked him, uh, what were your problems like in recent years and what was your hip pain like? Because BK came to see me mostly because of hip pain. And he said, after more than a dozen orthopedic surgeries during my high school, college, and NFL career, I thought my days of dealing with injuries were behind me. Over the course of the last couple years, I noticed a burning pain in my right hip that steadily increased. So let's just highlight over a dozen orthopedic surgeries throughout his football career. And he, you know, got through things with those surgeries, but then after he retired from football, he started getting hip pain. So then he said, as the pain got worse, I found myself sitting to rest my hip instead of living the active lifestyle I was used to. At first, Please pay attention here. At first, the sitting seemed to help calm the flaring pain. After a few months, my right hip pain intensified and it felt as if the sitting would make the pain worse. Now, I have made videos about hip pain while sitting and I have talked about this so many times. You cannot sit your way out of hip pain. You cannot rest out of hip pain. Similarly, if you have back pain, you cannot just lie in bed and expect the back pain to magically resolve. Yes, that was medical advice over the last many decades, but it has been shown to be completely wrong. There is a narrow window of time in which, yeah, you probably need to rest and just kind of like gently treat your body with compassion and not move too hard, but that's a narrow window and in order to rebuild function, you need to be moving. You cannot just sit and sitting in terms of hip pain kills your butt muscles, it kills your hamstrings, it kills your hip muscles, which results in more hip pain. So. Back to BK, I tried my best to manage my hip issues by unsuccessfully balancing what I needed to do during the day while also trying to rest. Frequent visits to the, visits to the chiropractor and massage therapist did little to help manage the pain that just kept getting worse. Soon I found myself spending too much time on the couch because being on my feet caused extreme pain. So perfect example, rest leads to atrophy and atrophy aches. I struggled to sleep at night because of the intense burning sensation in my hip. I just couldn't find a position that made me comfortable enough to sleep soundly. Even with little sleep, I would rush to get out of bed in the morning because at least moving around would distract me from the hip pain I was enduring while lying in bed. My hip issue was quickly becoming intolerable. I had no interest in adding to my already long list of surgeries and wanted to exhaust all my options before consulting with an orthopedic surgeon, which that I believe is a good idea, right? So. Um, he found a doctor who specialized in non-operative orthopedics and he made an appointment 
and uh, his pain, he said, was so intense, he was counting down the days um, to when he could see the doctor. Hey, I just want to take a quick second to say thank you to Joseph for the $50 donation via YouTube. Super thanks. I'm glad that my videos were able to help you with your neck pain when chiropractors and massage therapists couldn't, and I'm really thankful for your support of my channel. If you're watching this and you want to support my channel too, go to uprighthealth.com donate for all these simple, easy options. You can donate via my website, or you can donate via PayPal, and that will mean fewer fees for me. I appreciate whatever way you want to support me. Your donations make it possible for me to make videos like this without also having to make commercials for VPNs and website builders and weird vitamin supplements and all that stuff. So thank you so much. Let's get back to the video. Now, of course, I'm interested to know, what did that hip doctor say? What did that orthopedic say? So he went to the doctor, hopeful that the doctor who spent more than 20 years practicing non-surgical methods would help me put together a plan to reduce my hip pain, hip pain, regain some activity and avoid surgery. So what did the doctor do? The doctor ordered x-rays of my hips when I first arrived for my appointment. When I met with the doctor, she reviewed my films and immediately stated my right hip was too damaged to fix even through surgery. She did, however, write me a referral to see a hip surgeon for my pain-free left hip. So just to be clear, so you understand that, this doctor told him your painful hip, your right hip, is so bad in this x-ray, there's nothing anybody can do about it. But your left hip looks like it could use some surgery to prevent it from getting as bad as the right hip, even though your left hip doesn't hurt. And so the doctor promised me that my left hip would soon feel as bad as my right hip if I didn't immediately have surgery. So much for non-operative orthopedics. I left the office discouraged and convinced I would need surgery. So this happens, and I think it's very important for people to, people to understand this. Non-orthopedic specialists, you would hope, have some toolbox for you that would help you avoid surgery. I actually had a very similar experience. They don't seem, in my experience and from this story, to have tools to help you avoid the surgery. So I actually went to a sports medicine uh, doctor to look at my hips. And I actually did this after my hips, I had gotten my hips better. I exercised and made them feel better. But then I went to a sports medicine doctor to see what would happen if I said, hey, like what happens if we do an MRI? And what are your opinions about my hips? And he actually looked at my MRI and he said, well, it looks like you have early, arth early signs of like arthritis in your 30s. That's really bad. That means you should stop moving, stop exercising, don't do anything with any sort of impact, don't lift weights, don't stretch, don't literally the worst advice possible. And I should make another video about this. He, the way he did his movement tests on me and the, the hip test, hip mobility test, it was, it was mind-bogglingly bad. And this was, this was a sports medicine doctor, a, a specialist in non-operative care. It's just mind-boggling sometimes. Anyway, BK says, I dreaded the thought of treating my current hip issues the way I managed injuries during my football career. I wanted to avoid pain meds, cortisone injections, and most of all, surgery. The hip surgeon I was referred to was so busy, his soonest available appointment was two and a half months away. Apparently, a lot of people are told they need hip surgery, he adds in a parenthetical. Now I needed to find a way to cope with my pain for the next 75 days until I could finally see the surgeon. 
Even though I reduced my level of activity, I now had a sore and cracking right knee to go along with my aching hip pain. My friends started to joke that it was impossible for me to sneak up on anyone because the loud cracking in my joints gave away my presence from 50 feet away. Also, he's over six feet tall and you can probably feel him because he's a football player, right? Just kidding, that's a joke. BK, if you end up seeing this, please, I'm just kidding, don't hurt me. Okay, so then um, I asked him what have been the results of training at Upright Health. Uh, he came to Upright Health to try to get some help and he said, I've learned a whole new way of thinking about how to treat and prevent injuries. Most importantly, I've learned that surgery is not the only way to correct a nagging painful injury. Um, our bodies have a miraculous ability to heal themselves that I didn't fully comprehend. Of course, there are some injuries like a torn ACL that require surgery to repair. There are many other injuries that we can get relief from that do not require surgery. The most memorable experience I've had training with Upright Health was the first time I walked down my stairs after getting out of bed without needing to hang onto the railing as tight as possible. That was a good day. And so I asked him, what can you do now that you couldn't do before? What's been the most surprising thing for you? And he said, during my first visit, we did soft tissue work, stretching and strengthening. And I noticed a big change in my level of pain during that first appointment, but wasn't convinced that the results would last. Great. Okay, so I just wanna highlight this. I am not a magician. I have no magic powers. I'm not telling anybody that I am a magical messiah of muscles, although, Having just said those words out loud, I'd like to maybe start calling myself a messiah of muscles. If you like the way that sounds, you can comment down below. Anyway, um, this stuff requires you to be skeptical and critical. If you're trying to fix your body, you wanna test things and see what's actually working for you and then test to make sure it keeps working for you. So I have had many things work for me at one point in my life and then I need to change it at some point because either my activity levels, my habits, my lifestyle, something changes. And then I just have to adjust how I treat my body myself. I, I can't just say like, oh, massaging this always fixes it. I can't just say uh, stretching this always fixes it. I can say right now, in this period of time, this is what's seeming to work, but that may not always be the root cause of the issue, right? So also when you go to see any sort of health expert, whether it's a chiropractor, massage therapist, whatever, trainer, physical therapist, you want to be thinking about whether you're getting what you really want, which is long-term relief and the ability to manage it yourself. And so that's why this skepticism I, I warmly welcome from BK. Anyway, he said, the results I did get while working with Matt that first day served as motivation for me to continue um, with a program he wrote for me on my own at home. Within a week, I noticed I was sleeping better. So again, not a muscle messiah, messiah of muscles, but I have seen and experienced enough hip pain while sleeping to know that you know there's there's some patterns that you can try, some things you can do that are probably gonna help. I even made a video, I have a whole blog post on this, so I'll link to that later. Anyway, the most memorable experience I've had training with Matt at Upright Health was the first time I walked down my stairs after getting out of bed without needing to hang on to the railing as tight as possible. In the morning, I used to worry about my knees giving out while going down my stairs, and this first day I was able to do that without worry. Um, I knew I was on the right track. Since that day, I've been, 
I've seen steady progress in decreasing my levels of pain and increasing my levels of activity. The progress isn't always linear. It, for, for most people, it isn't. And it takes some trial and error. But when I look back to where I started to where I am now, I know I have made significant progress. And finally, I asked him, how have your results affected your view of how the NFL deals with player injuries? And he says, it seems ridiculous now. It's a cycle that needs to be broken. I now realize that if we value health, if we value our ability to be active, that we should think about injury treatment in a much better way than turning to surgery as one of the first options. This doesn't just apply to the NFL. It applies to our entire healthcare system. And one final quote, I've had some amazing results rehabbing injuries that I was told would require surgery. I understand some injuries require surgery, but I would encourage everyone to try out non-surgical means of addressing an injury before being wheeled into an operating room. So, BK, thank you so much years ago for taking the time to um, share your story with me. I put it into a blog post. I remember I emailed it to some of my newsletter at that time, but it's been years and I just stumbled across this and I hope that it is as helpful as it should be <laughs> to many, many people. Like the, the story here is incredible, right? You have somebody who's an elite athlete getting absolutely destroyed, getting surgery after surgery after surgery, and then after retiring still having more problems crop up. And those problems aren't cropping up because of traumatic injury, but rather because of atrophy. It's hugely important that you recognize that your body can hurt both because of traumatic injury and because of just the accretion of atrophy. You are accumulating more and more atrophy by doing nothing, by sitting around, by trying to rest, and resting more can make things much worse. BK's story shows you that even when you are just jacked up from being hit and hammered all the time, you can still make some things feel a whole lot better if you take the time and if you look at things with a critical eye and don't just surrender yourself to the idea that you got to have somebody else fix it for you. So I hope that this has been inspiring for you. I hope that it's helpful for you and I hope it gives you a really interesting um, perspective on what it's like to be an elite athlete in the NFL and what it's like after life in the NFL. If you would like more free videos to help you with your body, to help you with your mind, be sure to check these out here. If you want to support this channel, go to uprighthealth.com donate, share, subscribe, and go to my website to get a free course to make your body feel a whole lot better. As always, I hope you remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't.